Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Rivers Church. I'm constrained to take you from the pastor in the house. I think I'll begin with prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I surrender myself to the Spirit of God that I do not speak with the motive to try and impress, but communicate the message, Lord, you have packaged for your children, your people, at such a time as this. Lord God Almighty, the people of South Africa needs hope, and only you are the hope giver, Lord, that matters right now. Lord God Almighty, take control. Spirit of God, take control. Speak to all of us and take the glory in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. May we be seated, please. I just want to begin by thanking Pastor Andre and his dear wife for allowing me to come and speak here. I want to thank Pastor Chris also and his dear wife, the leadership of the church, the pastorate present, all of my brothers and sisters present here. I've been asked to treat the topic spiritual and business leadership in South Africa now, and the theme is the role of the church. The truth of the matter is we are a family as South Africans. Whether we like it or not, we are bound together, and we are one family comprising some 58.7 million people. And that explains our behavior even during the apartheid era. South Africans, black and white, rose to the occasion when the situation demanded that they confronted an injustice known as apartheid. Think of Dr. Bayer's Nodier, Bishop Peter Story, I think he was a bishop. Bishop, subsequently Archbishop Desmond Tutu, Reverend Frank Chikana, Reverend Mangalisom Kachwa, even business people like Dr. Sam Mutuanyane. And nothing has changed. Our togetherness as a people remains unaffected. The only challenge is we don't seem to spend much time to connect with the reality that we are one. It is abnormal when there is a challenge in the family, for any family member to walk away from the challenge, it is particularly when there is a challenge that family members come together. Look at them when there is a, a function, like a wedding, or when there is a bereavement. It doesn't matter how far removed from home they might be. They will travel all the way from the United States, China, wheresoever to come home so that as a unit, they can confront the challenge that, uh, that, that stands before them as a family. Nothing has changed. It is time for us now more than ever before to stand together as a family. I don't have to tell you how troubled our economy is. 
I don't even have to tell you about the tensions that are simmering if they haven't blown up in this big South African family. The question is, what is the role of the church? What is the role of leaders, spiritual leaders and business leaders at such a time as this? The critical starting point is the need to disciple people. Remember John 10? It is time for spiritual leaders to demonstrate that they have embraced their critical leadership role as spiritual leaders. Jesus Christ himself reminded us that he was a good shepherd. And it is in his footsteps that we must walk. And he drew a distinction between a shepherd and a hireling. He says, with a hireling, when a wolf comes, they flee. We are, as a South African nation, confronted by an economic wolf. And the question is, as a business leader, are you going to confront the wolf as a true shepherd, or are you going to behave as a hireling? We are also confronted by far too many spiritual wolves who seizes every evil opportunity to milk people out of the little money they have in their pockets. They are there to get, they are there to milk, but not to, to nurture, not to guide unto greener pastures or still and clean waters. It is time. For those who are shepherds, spiritual shepherds, and business shepherds to distinguish themselves from the rest. But here is the bottom line. What is it that brings together a family? From the very beginning, we are made to understand the equivalent of Matthew 22, verses uh, 36 to 40. Remember, there is an incident when a lawyer probably like me confronted Jesus and said, what is the greatest commandment? You know, lawyers are tricky people. <laughs> he was just trying to test the Lord. He said, love the Lord your, Lord your God with all your heart, with all your heart, and with all your mind. He says, the second is, un is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. You see, as a true spiritual shepherd, as a true business shepherd, it is only when the love of God and the love for your fellow man is deep-seated in your heart that you will never run away, no matter the circumstances. Do you love God? And if you are not a Christian, do you truly love South Africa? Do you love the people of South Africa, regardless of gender or race, as much as you love yourself? It is that Matthew 7, I think, 32 thing. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. As a business leader, how do you deal with people? You know, I want to read something from... <laughs> 
from uh, 1 Samuel 12. I thought I was going to avoid um, reading the Bible, but it's imperative that I do. <laughs> it's a church, is it not? 1 Samuel chapter 12, verses 3 to 5. It says, Behold, here I am, witness against me before the Lord, and before the anointed, whose ox have I taken, or whose ass have I taken, or whom have I defrauded, whom have I oppressed, or of whose hand have I received a bribe to blind my eyes therewith, and I will restore it to you. And they said, you have not defrauded us, nor oppressed us, neither have you taken aught of any man's hand. And he said to them, the Lord is witness against you, and his anointed is witness this day, that he have not found aught in my hand. And they answered, he is witness. The time has come for true spiritual leaders and true business leaders to distinguish themselves from all the rest. I heard from uh, my spiritual father that many years ago, whenever people in, uh, in, the, in that nation wanted employees, the business sector, or even government, they would come to his church. Why? Because Christians were credible. You could, as in the days of old, give them whatever money. Don't even ask them to account. Sure that he or she will return the change if there be change. They will never inflate the price. As business people, required to define the path that South Africa or the South African economy must travel now. How do you relate with those that you do business with? Yeah. Are you a person of integrity? How much do you charge government if they rent your office space? How much do you charge them for your services? How much do you charge them for whatever goods you have available to sell? Let me explain how we should distinguish yourself. I was selling a group of people earlier in the week that a colleague of mine, the judge president of the Northwest of the Houghton High Court, because he's entitled to approach a supplier of blue lights to fit them into his vehicle, but he decided to first find out how much he would, be, he would be required to pay if he were to pay from his own pocket, and what if it's government? They said, they say, if you pay from your pocket, it's 12,000 rands. But if it is from government, it's 88,000 rands. Are you in that category? And I ask very deliberately and intentionally because we need to rebuild our economy. But it is going to take men and women of integrity in business to do it. If you know that there is a God who is watching, but even if you are not a Christian, you are not a believer, if you have any conscience, any functional conscience left within you, you will know that whatever money government functionaries have doesn't belong to them. It belongs to the poorest of the poor. 
It is the money that ought to be used to create business opportunities, to create employment opportunities for them. It is the money that ought to be used to seal up the potholes, the many embarrassing potholes that are out there. It is the money that ought to be used to make sure that we don't give to any government department or state-owned enterprise more than it needs to. But if we cheat as Christians who must lead by example or as leaders who must be as exemplary as Samuel was, more money will be required to pay 200,000 rand for what is worth 10,000 rand. And the economy will be destroyed until there is no economy to talk about in South Africa. As South Africa, we are privileged. It really is an honor to be a South African because with all sense of humility, the truth of the matter is Africa cannot move until we do. It is a betrayal of that special position that God has created for you and I to lead Africa economically, to lead Africa and the world spiritually. If we begin to act like a man called Gehazi, do you, have you ever heard of such a name? A crook, a corruption practitioner par excellence. <laughs> we know in the business sector and even in the spiritual sector, those leaders who are a disgrace to the very notion of leadership, when are we going to expose them? Remember, Samuel, was it Samuel? I think it was Samuel. He confronted a king. You've done foolishly. How many of us are willing to speak truth to power when it is necessary to do so? Some of us, even in the body of Christ, will do just about anything to earn a tender. Remember, the man of God said, did I ever take a bribe? they will give a bribe so that they can have an edge over others. Our economy demands. The unemployment level demands that we take a deep breath, make a brutal self-introspection, and come to terms with the reality that if care is not taken, we're going to destroy this country, we're going to destroy whatever is left of South Africa. We know the shenanigans in the body of Christ. When did the responsibility ever elude us that if somebody is not doing right and you are a spiritual leader, it's your obligation to approach them quietly and say, my brother, my sister, this is not right. If they don't listen, you bring in another brother or sister, if they don't listen, even after several endeavors, then you kick them out. What happened to that? We are all losing integrity by association as the body of Christ. Because we're each minding our own business. 
We even boast about how many people come to our churches, the kind of cars that are parked, how much is the offering, how much is the tithe. Is that what spiritual leadership is about? There's nothing wrong about having millions come to your church. But are you shepherding them? Are you discipling them? Are you preoccupied with the need to guide them to heaven? Or are you the kind that talks about nothing else but prosperity and that they're once forgiven, always forgiven? The time to disciple South Africans has arrived. In fact, the fire of revival falls day in and out. Ours is to cooperate with it. It is to embrace it. South Africa needs leadership. South Africa needs visionary leadership in every sector of society. And you and I are alive now to provide that leadership. And the way to do it is to, so, is to embrace ethical leadership so much that we will be sought after to provide the guidance that people need right now. As business leaders, don't look for opportunities the way others do. As, as Christians, remember what Jacob did. Ah, Genesis 28, verse 22. He goes to God and said, Lord, if you bring me back, whatever you give me, I'll give you a tenth of it. Have you ever wondered why Joseph was given that business blueprint or that economic blueprint? No, one-fifth of whatever you earn, whatever you harvest, give it to the state. The issue of tax. And Christians lead us ought not to be tax evaders. It's a betrayal of the common cause. It was designed to prepare us, to guide us. But you know, whatever you have should never be yours and yours alone. There are many people who are less advantaged than you are. As you give to the state, as you discipline yourself in the area of giving, rather than taking, 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 taking all the time, you will contribute towards the improvement of the lives of others, towards government programs, and so on and so on. That is why Romans 13, there we are being warned against tax evasion. Because some Christians evade tax. They will even tell you, no, 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 go to so and so. You will always get uh, returns. So, <laughs> if you take this text, I mean, really, let's identify and speak to the crooks in our midst. Joseph the crook repented. And that is why God ultimately gave him a business plan, a business strategy that took him out of the dire situation in which he was. At the time when he had absolutely nothing. Working for a very evil business leader known as Laban, who cheated him with his pays, God released a business strategy to him, and he became so rich, his wealth was inestimable. So where are we? 
We are in a situation as business leaders where Isaac was. It was drought. There was economic famine where he was. But he kept his ears to the ground. And the Lord said to him, so. And the word of God says he reaped a hundredfold return. What does that mean to you and I? It's not a time to give up on South Africa. Believe you me, the best is just around the corner. The best is around the corner. In case of doubt, just look around you. I mean, the sort of developments and revelations that we are seeing in our country are unprecedented. Even the differences among people do not make sense. It's a shaking. South Africa is being shaken so that the chaff can go out and only that of quality can remain. All those who have been masquerading as ethical people when in fact they are not, they will all be exposed. Because it is such pretext, it is those pretensions that made it possible for South Africa to be where it is right now. So this is cleaning up time. Blessings and prosperity do not always come dressed up uh, in a suit and a tie like me. You look like a man known as Joseph. Your brothers sell you out as a slave. You work very well for a man known as Potiphar, and you, he makes you a managing director. You become rich and rich. His wife desires to sleep with you. You say, no, I'm not corrupt. They throw you in jail without question. You ask those whose dreams you have interpreted to remember you, they dawn. Why? Connect with the fundamental principles. Connect with ethics, the, the value system that is critical for our marching forward. The church of God is just too divided for God to do what he wants to do. We're too self-centered. We focused on our individual ministry and make very little effort to pursue unity in our periods of prayer and fasting. We do very little to preach unity to our congregations. We make very little effort to make sure that even if it's just once in a year, as many of us in South Africa who are uh, uh, spiritual leaders as possible come together to pray for this country. What am I talking about? You know, when we are united, the word of God says there is nothing that we cannot do. Remember Genesis 11? But more importantly, if you take a critical look at what is happening in South Africa now, I think we are in a Second Chronicles 7, 13, 14 situation. Let me read it out to you. If I shut up the heavens, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray 
and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Remember during those troubled years, South Africans, black and white, used to come together under the auspices of the South African Council of Churches, but even outside of that structure, to pray for the nation. How often do we come together to pray for the nation? I approach uh, some pastors in the past, it's neither Pastor Chris nor Pastor, Pastor Andre. <laughs> About five years ago, I said, but why can't you, leaders, unite, particularly those whose ministries are big, and lead this nation by example. Pray for this nation regularly together. He said, who's going to lead us? So people are worried about occupying a leadership position. <laughs> who is bigger, who is smaller? Let us unite. When we are united and strive for freedom, as our anthem says, freedom from economic depression, freedom from any form of exploitation or oppression of one by the other, freedom from division, God will hear, God will answer. But even if you are not a believer, but you know that you belong to this family, and you love South Africa and her people, the same way many people were prepared to sacrifice their lives so that freedom can dawn in South Africa. Pursue unity wherever you are. Don't be party to any divisive message in this country. We need unity now more than ever before. I think my time is, uh, I want to leave time for question and answer. Let me, let me just round up. There are many dedicated spiritual leaders in this country. There are many business leaders who would want to see South Africa occupy its rightful place in the economic sector. We just need to find each other and unite. I've got a meeting with a, a group of farmers, just eight farmers on Monday. They are big time farmers. All they want is a message of hope. As business leaders, as spiritual leaders, wherever we are, if only moving from this meeting, we can move determined to make sure that the potentials that we know our country, South Africa, has find practical expression. If we can leave this meeting determined to make sure that we are not going to buy into negativity. We're going to embrace and focus on everything that can take South Africa forward. It's just a matter of time before it happens. Believe you me. Ah, Christians, God is about to do something so radical, it will blow your mind. If you are observant, the signs are all over. Why don't you decide 
to become party to it. Remember, on the morning when Joseph was to become prime minister, there was no indication. The man was just in prison doing what a prisoner is supposed to do. Suddenly. 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 A true business leader, a true spiritual leader is like David. You know that you are the royal priesthood. When the fallen Saul and the fallen army are afraid of one man for 40 days and 40 nights, you step up to the plate. Say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the armies of the Lord? What are these developments in the economy to undermine God's project of using South Africa as, as the economic basket of Africa and of the world? The strategies are there, if only you can believe. If you look at business people who are not even Christians, but who chose to be positive, they made it. They refused to give up. How do you explain a man like Bill Gates? I don't know if he's a Christian, but the man was a dropout. He appeared like a man who was doomed to be a failure. He is not. And there are many others like him. So, be positive. Be ethical. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Obey the laws of the country. Don't take your money to any tax haven. Don't be involved in any illicit cash flow out of South Africa. It's a betrayal of this nation and its dream. You must know that you are a lawbreaker if you do that. And there will be consequences. Let's go and influence people in our spheres of influence. In your church, in your family, in your place of work. Pursue unity. Love all people regardless of race or gender. Play your part wherever you are. Let's encourage our business leaders to come together driven or inspired by ethical principles to take our country forward. Let us identify any corruption even in government circles. Government doesn't have money. Let us discourage the mediocrity that sometimes or maybe often obtains when government contracts are awarded. You see a man is a dentist. He's given a contract to build a road. How is... No, but it's a true story. <laughs> he abandoned the project and refused to pay, and nothing happened. Let's come up with guidelines as to how people could be empowered economically so that they can participate in the economy. Let, let us insist on excellence, 
as business leaders, as spiritual leaders, it's just a matter of time before God has takes us to where we're supposed to. God bless you. You may ask me questions now. We have a, a number of questions. You can be seated, and uh, we have a little bit of time. And uh, mountains of questions are coming in, but I think some of these are important. Here's one. Are you ever conflicted between what the law demands and what the Bible says? And how do you deal with it as a business and spiritual leader? Simon is asking that question. This is the one. Yes, that one, yeah. The Bible and the law. The Bible and the law. You know, there is so much common ground between what is in the Bible and the laws of our country that people should not be as overly concerned about the role of Christianity or religion as they are. The Bible says don't steal. Which law of the country encourages theft? That is... <laughs> I mean, we are angry because there's corruption. It's, it's, it's unbiblical to be corrupt. The Bible discourages laziness. There can't be any law, there can't be any regulation that encourages people to collect their paychecks when in fact they have not worked. That is theft. There are very few areas of conflict between the Constitution and, and the Bible. Very few. No wonder I was telling people the other day, our national anthem is a prayer. The preamble to our constitution says, may God protect South Africa, God bless Africa. That's a prayer. And many people conveniently forget that freedom of religion is a fundamental right. They condemn prayer as if it's murder. Christians are entitled to be Christians. And if there be conflict, to the extent that there is conflict between the Bible and uh, the laws in our country, it's up to South Africans how they are going to manage the difference. But there isn't any fundamental difference. It's easy to manage, actually. So they're just flowing in. This one asks, Chief Justice, what advice do you have for the rare breed of public servant in government who feels as if she is fighting these greedy wolves every single day? How do we lead in public service without fear of being harmed for being integrous? You will be amazed what protection and support is available to you as a person of integrity. Some of us would be dead by now if the fear that people harbor as a result of which they fail to act with integrity was allowed to come into our hearts. I have made a call that we expose evil and corruption. Stand your ground. I cited an example not so long ago that I was deeply impressed by officials uh, in some uh, province who, when an MEC said, you must do this, we must, they said, but it is against the law. 
It is against the regulations. We are not going to do it. Two young women, they stood their ground. That's what we must do. This notion that if you can't beat them, join them. It's a terrible thing. Daniel was one. They ganged up against him and devised an evil plan that he be thrown into the lion's den for not obeying the laws that he knew he had to obey. He became plain. He did what he needed to do while they were watching, and his attitude was, do what you want to do. I know that I'll be protected. There is a lot of good that comes the way of those who do good. You see Nelson Mandela, Walter Sisulu, I'm not too sure that they were Christians, but they adopted the position that as a matter of principle, we are not going to join evil if we die. So be it. He said, for these values, for these ideals, I am prepared to die. That should inspire you and I. Next one. As leaders, how do we assist in bringing back the basics to law enforcement in South Africa? Example, people don't respect traffic lights. We don't respect law enforcement. This attitude has to change. Well, the basic starting point really would ordinarily be at the top. But let me place it at that level. I think we have allowed lawlessness to invade South Africa. Because when wrongdoing began to unfold, we chose to mind our business. We have seen pupils when angry burning schools, all we do is give them coverage and uh, say or allow them to say what they want to say. We've seen libraries and even clinics being destroyed. We have seen people corrupt themselves and minded our own business. I think we must insist on the police doing their work. I've seen that South Africans toy toy for one thing or the other, toy toy for every wrongdoing. And when you have a platform to speak such as I have, speak against the failure by the police, by the judges, by the magistrate, the prosecutors, and all people in South Africa to do what they are supposed to do. People become comfortable when nobody says anything about their wrongdoing. But once you begin to speak out and make them uncomfortable, they step out of it. There are drivers who drive anyhow and stop wherever they want. You know why? It never used to be like that. They know that there are no consequences. We must insist on consequence management. Thank you. I have to throw this one in. What would it take for you to become the next president? How can we help? Can you see I'm blushing? <laughs> I've been asked this question I don't know how many times this year. But here is my position. I'm a child of God. I'm not an ambitious person. I'm a man who pursues a vision.
whatever God says I must do, whatever responsibility God says I must assume, whenever he says I must, I must assume it, I will assume it. Well, all we want to say is may God grant it in Jesus' name. <laughs> I think this one on the screen is important because we are quite a diverse nation and we have a lot of foreign nationals and there's been a lot of xenophobia and aggression. This person is asking, what do you feel is the role of foreign nationals in re rebuilding of South Africa's economy? You know, when nobody knew that trouble was going to hit Egypt. A foreign national by the name of Joseph was in their prison set up somewhere. And he was not even a permanent resident. He... He was a prisoner suspected of trying to, to rape the madame. <laughs> when the time such as this came, it was he who had the key, the master key to the new beginning. The economic blueprint was released through him, but look at the beauty of it. When he was made prime minister of that nation, here in Africa, because we've never been xenophobic, he said, you indigents come, let's work together. I'm not going to monopolize the position. He took other people from home ground to build the economy of Egypt. Jesus Christ was about to be killed. I said, go to Africa. Those people are not xenophobic. Go. <laughs> even Abraham, even Moses. So, we are one human race. We are just human beings, brothers and sisters. I don't understand where this hatred comes from. It pains me every time I watch television. And Pastor Omotoso appears. They don't say Omotoso. They say Nigerian pastor. <laughs> but the two ladies who are with him, they don't say South African women. <laughs> Let us be careful about what we say. <clears throat> it is who you are and what you do that should determine what opportunities are available to you and how you are treated, not the mere fact that you come either from America, Germany, or another country. Let us be one, let us be united, let's love one another. I think everyone at Rivers would agree that that was an outstandingly wise answer on a biblical foundation. It deserves a greater round of applause than you've given. Chief Justice, if you're up to it, we'll ask two more. Which one is mine? <laughs> Anyone. Someone is asking here, will you listen to tangible ideas to make the changes required 
If so, where do we make our submissions? Where do you make your submissions? Mm. I think people feel helpless. So where can we go to speak up? And is there an avenue? Well, you can write my office, but also just to, in case you don't know how to, I think my contact details are public. Natiriana, uh, Alistair, would you stand up, please? These are the people uh, from my, my office that you could uh, link up with so that they give, uh, give you our contact details. I always meet South Africans from all around. Some come to my office, others I go to them. I'm not able to meet everybody, but I'm accessible to engage. You've given so, so much of your time, so this will be the last one this morning. I think this is an important question. Both in business and government, religion and more specifically Christianity has been barred from being spoken openly. What paths or opportunities do we have as a church community to revive and reinstate faith recognition? It is my understanding that at least 80% of South Africans are Christians. Over and above that, others subscribe to other religions. People attack those who are divided. People treat anyhow those who are divided. The tendency to be seeking to carry favor, to be kowtowing to even those who are involved in wrongdoing allows the vigilant to see right through us and say, well, we can deal with these people any, any, anyhow we want. And that is why people more than any other religion, people treat Christianity, I don't know, like, like it's an, an it, like, like it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's against the law. So let us unite. I seize every opportunity. When they say, hey, Mohueng, you shouldn't have knelt down. I say, you are not going to prescribe to me how to pray. I'll pray anywhere, anytime, whichever way I want to. So when we insist from an informed position on our rights as Christians, when we forge unity, when we are known to be ethical, people will respect us. You know, when you are an ethical leader or pastor, and people are who drink too much, uh, you come to their place, they hide alcohol behind their legs. Because they know a different one has just entered. As a united collective, if from today we begin to speak with clarity and our God-given wisdom about what needs to be happening in this country, we will be listened to. Nobody goes to parliament without our votes. People are literally at our mercy. So check out, what are you supporting? Because some of us, they say there's corruption there, and you can see there's corruption, but you still support. You are guilty by association.
As Christians, there is a lot of wrongdoing we support out of ignorance. Check yourself out. Do that or make that brutal self-introspection. And pray. You know, most of the time we operate on the basis of logic as Christians. We don't pray. David was very successful because he would hardly ever do anything without first praying. He would just encourage himself in the Lord and say, should I pursue, will I overtake? Now, we listen, we watch media, we, we depend on media for guidance. We depend on Twitter for guidance. When a fellow Christian is being condemned, you just join because you want to be popular. This is the time for deep reflection. This is the time for Christians to lead, but you can only lead with integrity. When they have seen right through you, even if you speak, they won't, they won't listen to you. So let's unite. Let's occupy our rightful place. Then and only then will, be, will we be the change, the change agents, the critical difference makers who provide the visionary leadership that South Africa, Africa, and the whole world needs right now. So you have it in your hands. Decide what you're going to do as you step out of this building. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.